Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Oh, good morning, everyone. How are you? You are allowed to make noise in church, appropriate noise. Tell that to your neighbors so they don't take advantage of that the wrong way, but uh, it's good to be responsive and stuff. Uh, My name is JD. I'm on the team here at City Life, and I'm excited that you are here with us today. Even if it's a face I have seen for literal decades or for the very first time, I'm really glad that today you're here because God has something so good in store today. I know it. I know it for you and for us all together. So it's going to be great. Um, Are you with me? You good with that? Are you okay with it being a good day in church? Is that all right? All right. I'm I'm glad because if you were if you were all like, no, I want today to suck. I'd be like, all right, fine. I'll just, I don't know what I would do then. All right. Anyways, uh, I want to invite you to follow along today with the messages on the City Life app. Uh, the app is so powerful for so many different things, and you can absolutely take advantage of it as well. Uh, download the City Life app, and you can uh, go to the messages, follow along with the notes, um, which I'm excited for. We are on part three of a three-week series called A Tale of Two Trees. And this is all based on something called the strength curriculum, which many uh, there's many groups this semester of groups that we have here at the church that are doing strength groups. And this is where it comes from. If you're a part of that, you're going to recognize some of this. Um, if you haven't, oh man, jump in a strength group next semester. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's so powerful. And I'm excited. So week one, uh, we talked about uh, the tree of life. And we are talking about um, what is your approach to God? How do you approach God in your life? Where, which way do you swing is kind of what we used. You know, is it tree of knowledge or of uh, good and evil or tree of life? And the tree of life and how impacting that is for us. And then last week, uh, Joy was talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The DIY tree. Do it yourself. I'm going to just live life my own way. I'm going to choose self and the dangers and obvious destruction that can come from a life like that. And so today as we wrap up, I'm really excited. Um, I want to start with a question. How do you feel or what do you do when you see this sign somewhere? When you are so hungry, you got the munchies, you need that bag of chips, and you go up to the vending machine and it says out of order. You're just like, start beating that machine or I don't know what you do. Or you have to pee so bad and you finally make it to the public restroom and it's locked and there's a sign out of order. Anybody else get frustrated when you see this sign? Everyone who didn't say it, so we're liars. Okay, I know you. I know we all get frustrated when things are out of order because we all desire order in our lives. Not just, not just the type A personalities or the melancholy ones that got every, like, charts and all that stuff. I'm talking all of us appreciate order in our lives in different ways. In our home, whether your home is spotless or you have a very, it's like, this is how I like my mess this way. You know, there's still an order to it to you. So it could be your home. It could be, uh, you know, work, work situations. It could be your family, whatever it is. Just in every area of our lives, we value order. We value order very much. <sighs> but it's important. And sometimes, here's what we got to think is that, see, we th- see circumstances and we, we see them as out of order and we get frustrated. But I wonder, have we ever stopped to consider if we are out of order? Have you ever stopped and just kind of like turned it inwardly and look and say, am I out of order in my life? Now, 
Paul, I'm going to jump into some Bible right away because that's way better than anything I could say on my own. Paul, who wrote like half the New Testament, helped really get the church going strong all over the world. We can thank him so much for the fact that we're sitting here today. He got this. And so he talks about this frustration in uh, Romans 7. He says this. He says, see if you can relate to this. I'm a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. Truly, deep within my true identity. Oh, he's getting to some good stuff here. Truly within, deep within my own true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity, what an agonizing situation I am in. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? We've, we've felt like this at times in our lives. See, so we, we know we need order. We know when we're out of order. But order isn't just like peace and quiet or something. The order we're talking about, and we've been talking about even in this series, is it's, it's from a word called shalom. Can you just say shalom? Shalom. It just sounds nice even. It's peaceful. But shalom really means completeness or wholeness. To be fully complete, fully whole. Oh, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that in our lives? It's the way that things are supposed to be. That's what shalom is. And the great thing is that's how it was at the start. Creation was perfect. Humanity was perfect as we followed and had fellowship with this God of peace, this God of shalom. Say shalom again. Shalom. Oh, it just sounds so nice. Shalom. Anyways, even though, even though out of that, humanity chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Jesus says, hey, I know you chose that DIY life. I'm still making a way for you to come back in alignment with me and function out of the tree of life. I want that for you. It's not over. And so even Paul, Mr. Out of Order himself, he embraced this truth and he tells us this. Oh, I'm so thankful for Paul and his wisdom and that God gave him. And he says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole, can you say this? May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So spirit, soul, and body. This is what he's getting at. And so today, today I want to talk about something called spiritual order. Just look at the person beside you and say, are you ready to learn about some spiritual order? It's okay. You can talk to them. It's okay. God created you with three distinct parts. You have a spirit that is redeemed. You have a soul that needs to be restored. And you have a body that must be surrendered. This makes up who we are. There are three parts to you, whether you knew this or not. Maybe you're like, yep, I knew it. Maybe you're like, I did not know this. Is this true? Can he prove it? I don't know. Let's just have a discussion about it, all right? I am so excited to just recognize this because this was a big moment for me as, as, as I really got a better understanding of what it means to function with all of these in our lives, spirit, soul, and body. And so we're going to take a look at what these are. So the spirit. I'm going to start with a question. Look at this question. Did you know, did you know that you are a spiritual being 
having a physical experience rather than a physical being having a spiritual experience. Think about that for a minute. A spiritual being having physical experiences rather than a physical being who has occasional spiritual experiences. Now, the difference with that is really important because if we are just a physical being that can have spiritual experiences, that's pretty limited. And it also is pretty disconnected from our God that we're supposed to be in constant connection with. I'm a physical being with, oh, occasional over my, my 39 years. Oh, I can remember the time that I, oh, yeah, I had this physical or this spiritual experience. And then, you know, it was quite a while before my next one. And it feels so distance, distance and disconnected. Yet, if we are spiritual beings who are always in connection with God, and then we are living a physical experience, having a physical experience that can determine our connection, there's power there. It means it's always accessible. There's always this possibility of connection with Jesus, which is so important. And come on, if you knew that your spirit was the biggest, most real part of who you are, how would you function? How would you approach relationships? How would you view yourself? What kind of, would, you, would you puff out your chest a bit more knowing that, hey, maybe, maybe I got this through Jesus if I really have this incredible spirit within me? And so that's cool. But JD, like what actually is my spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. God's life, love, and power, okay? He functions through us. It is this direct connection to God, and it's the things in us that stir you towards acts of love and kindness. It's the thing that that helps you reason between what is wrong and right. It is this part of you that at, at its core is God within us, working through us. Now, maybe you're like me, and you're like, wait, I thought the soul and the spirit were like the same thing. Like, we have a body, we have a soul, and isn't that kind of it? Well, there actually is a difference. And you can see it all throughout the Bible as they break it down, because our soul is actually made up of three parts. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our soul is our mind, the things that we, it's how we think and reason. It's our, our will, our choices that we make, and it's our emotions. It's what we believe and feel and remember. This is really where you find your personality. This is what really identifies us as very different people and stuff. It's because this mixture here of our soul, mind, will, and emotions, and then last, the body. And you're like, oh great, now what are you going to tell me? The body is some completely different... No, man, the body's your body. It's not rocket science. It's your body. But your body has a purpose and has a beautiful role to play in all three of these things. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Like, we, we, have been, we have been blessed from God with wonderful bodies, regardless of how you view your physical body. That's not the point. It's still a blessing and a gift from God that houses our soul and our spirit and allows us to function in them. So, with all that said, here's the good news. It's the good news of the gospel, is that Jesus, he fixed everything. Okay? This is so important, you gotta know from the start. Jesus, through the cross, restored everything everything to the way it's meant to be. He brought back shalom. He made a way to access tree of life living again, and we get to step into it. And here's the thing. In Colossians 2, 4, look at how they say this. I love this. Jesus canceled out every legal violation we had on our record 
and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam, just like we've been talking the last couple weeks, just that the brokenness, the DIY life that we embraced, all of that, everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. It's powerful. The Bible calls this justification. Here's a Bible word for you. Justification, which an easier way of describing that is just as if I'd never sinned. Justification is really, it's this instantaneous, immediate wiping away of our old self. And, and, and we learn that our spirit, when we connect with Jesus and stuff, we are instantly made new, made pure, made holy, made blameless. This is how we were meant to live. And this is actually who we are. And we can function in this justification just as if I've never sinned. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Wow. Like, I've never done anything wrong. Who would I be? The Bible says, boom, that's your spirit, and that's actually the most real part of you, is the part of you that is justified, is completely pure and blameless. That's powerful. But when it comes to, so, so with the spirit, because the spirit's perfect, it's like no updates required, nothing else needs to change. Yet with our soul and body, that takes time. And that's a different word in the Bible. It's called sanctification, which means to be set apart to be made holy. And so with our soul and body, they are in the process of being restored and made right with God. It's a, it's a process there. Spirit's in instantaneous. Soul and body, it takes a bit of time. So three good things, but there's only one proper order. Spirit, then soul, then body. Where you think about it like, like spheres of our life. Spirit is the biggest part. Then our soul and then our body. This is the way it's meant to be. This is called spiritual order. Now we have a culture that is dripping with out of order and dripping with soul and body. Right? Oh, my soul. How I feel. Oh, how do I feel today? That's going to dictate how I treat you based on how I feel. My feelings, my feelings, my feelings, my, all of these things. Or my body. You know? Oh, man. Like, I just function out of my body, out of my appetites, out of my cravings, out of those different things. Our soul is important, but it can't be in control because if we function out of emotions first, come on, how many times has that got you in trouble? Our body is important, but it can't be in control. If we were living by cravings or appetites, we would never be satisfied. We just want more, and it would never be enough good substance. And so we live daily in effects of a world that is out of order. But there is an order. And so spiritual order, it's not even a new concept. Paul talked about this right from the start. And you may have read this verse, um, but I hope you see it in a new light here. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is what he says to the church. He says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I want you to take your body, bring it under the leadership and the bubble of the Spirit. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Mind, your mind, will, and emotions. This needs work. It needs renewing. And when you renew it, that also comes under the leadership and the bubble of the Spirit. 
so that you can prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Present your body. Renew your mind. Function in the spirit. Let the spirit call the shots. Let the spirit call the shots in our lives. That's living in tree of life living. Now, that makes sense. And you're like, that looks nice. But what does that look for me like on Sunday, on Monday morning? Like Monday morning, okay, cool, great. That's the order. Fantastic. I like your illustrations. It looks pretty. What does that mean for me tomorrow when I go to work or I go to school or whatever it is? Okay, let's say you go to work and there's that one coworker that just loves to get under your skin. We don't know, I don't know what the reason is, but he just loves or she loves to get under your skin and she's, she's going at you that day or you're at school and it's a classmate. Someone is just, they, are, uh, they, you, they have gotten to the last line of defense that you have and you're ready to snap. Now, when you do snap or respond or whatever you do, I wonder, what's your order? Because your order will dictate your response. And if you function out of body first, and that's just your first one? Well, come on, we know, it's just like, it's just gonna be a punch to the face, right? If I was completely functioning out of body and someone said something about like my wife or my mom or like whatever, I'm probably just gonna pop them. And by the time they're already halfway to the ground, I'll be like, oh shoot, I should have thought about that. <laughs> but body was functioning first. Or maybe you're functioning out of your soul and your emotions drive your decisions. And so you haven't hit them yet, but oh, your emotions rise up and you just go with whatever comes out. It's like activate beast mode angry, like, whoa, here it comes. Cool, there's anger. That's my only option. I guess I better verbally lash back. And so we respond out of our soul. Or do you, I wonder, respond out of your spirit? See, if you are in, and I'll talk about how we really get in spiritual order, but if you were in a good spiritual order where the spirit was the biggest part of you, the most real part of you, where you are functioning in a place where you were, you were in a good place with God. Just, I mean, we're always in a good place, with God, but I mean like you're walking and you're, you're actively just, you're connected well. And in that moment, in that bubble, man, if that was your biggest bubble, spirit, then soul, then body, then when that, when that situation comes, right? And they say that thing, first it has to go through your spirit. Hits that first level. Well, your spirit is connected to God. That is where love and acceptance live. That is where perspective is bigger than just ourselves. And so immediately the first part of you, when you're functioning out of the spirit, says, whoa, 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 whoa. What's really going on with them? Why are they responding like that? Hurting people hurt people. What's going on with them? I wonder what's going on in their heart. And you begin to choose because as soon as that happens, then when you hit your emotional level, you're actually choosing You're not responding with emotions. You're choosing out of what you've already absorbed through your spirit is like, okay, well, I think think I'm going to respond with empathy or pity or maybe righteous anger where it's like, no, you need to stop saying that, but I'm going to say it in a way that shows love instead of condemning them. And so your emotions respond in a healthier way, which leads to your body responding whether it's a a handshake, a turning of the feet to not say anything or a comment back that diffuses a situation Fill in the blank for yourself what that looks like. But it is possible to live in practical ways and to live out spiritual order. And so here's the real question, though. If I'm following Jesus and I am connected to his spirit, why do I still struggle with sin? Like, shouldn't I be perfect? I mean, it says in 2 Peter 1.3, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. So we have everything we need, which means God's not the problem. 
We are. We're the one with the issues. We're the ones who get to choose our order. And so God can have a perfect plan laid out, and he can give us everything we need, but if I decide soul is ahead of spirit or body or whatever, if I start messing this around, God just says, okay, you get to choose. I'm not going to make you be in a certain order. You get to decide what order you're in, but you can get yourself out of order. And come on, we've all felt like that. We've all said, it's like, why, why did I think that way? Why did I say that thing? Why did I do that thing? Why, that, do, that doesn't seem like me. It's because we can be out of order. And I know that when it comes to this, it's not like you're like, well, I didn't wake up today, JD, and be like, buddy, you're in charge. How you, f- what, what do you need, man? What do you need? You hungry? You horny? Let's go for it, man. What do we need to do? You're in charge, body. You did not do that. Just like you didn't wake up, you didn't wake up today and be like, oh, I'm just going to let my emotions run rampant. You're in charge, emotions. You get to do whatever you want. We didn't do that in the sense of actively choosing it that way. But we do make choices all the time. And here's the thing. What you give the most attention to will be the most influential. Let me put it this way. What do you feed the most? Do you feed your body the most? Is it just a response of whatever it needs, I'm going to do? Do you feed your soul the most and just be like, my emotions make my decisions. I don't know if there's another option, but this is what I'm rolling with. I feel anger towards this person, so I'm going to react. I feel love or whatever this is towards this person. I'm going to act on it, whether or not it's wise, whether or not this is a good decision for me or the others in my life. If I feel a certain way, it's got to be good. And so we can make these kind of choices. What part are you feeding the most? Or are you feeding your spirit so it can grow and be the biggest? Because here's the thing. These two, they'll get louder when they don't get fed. Okay? Your body, if you do not feed your body, right? It's going to rumble. You are going to feel hungry. It will let you know. Your emotions, you don't feed it properly and it gets all out of whack. You are going to be all like, <laughs> like you're just going to be all over the place. That was an accurate dis- depiction of most of us at some point this week. <laughs> so these can get very out of whack. But here's the thing. With the spirit, when you don't feed your spirit, it just gets quieter. It will never force itself. It just gets quieter and steps back and says, I'm your best. I'm the most purest part of you, but hey, I'll wait till you're ready to. You want to feed me? I'll grow. I will be what you need, but I'm not going to make you. And so it quietly fades into the background. We allow it. And so maybe, you know, I've had conversations with people where they're just like, I don't hear from God. Or, man, my life is just like, I just, I'm all over the place. And my question is like, well, when's the last time you read your Bible? And, and hear me on that. I'm not trying to just respond with some religious the right thing to do, you got to read your Bible. No, I'm saying, I'm asking them, have you fed your spirit lately? If you feel out of whack, if you feel emotionally or bodily, like those things are whatever, it's like, have you read your Bible lately? Have you, have you listened to a worship song? Have you, have you prayed about your situation? Oh. And it's in those moments, and we've all had them. Oh, I realize I haven't. It's a moment like that that the church goes, oh, maybe this isn't in the right order in this situation or whatever. But it's we can switch it around and we can allow God to get us back in order. So what kind of fruit 
is in your tree. What's coming out of the way you live and how you function? Paul tells us what kind of fruit grows if you feed your soul or your body the most. This is not a good verse I'm about to read. I'm sorry. Galatians 5, 19 to 21, not super encouraging. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Now, there's not a single person here who didn't at least mentally check off one of those. We know what it's like to let these things be in control. It ain't good. Even though these are meant, these are good parts of the three-part aspect of us. When they're in control, good things don't typically come out of it. But the good news is, here's the fruit that grows when you feed your spirit and you let it be what it's meant to be in you. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Now, I also know that you functioned in those. Whether you realize or not, whether you said a prayer and then did it, or you just did it and realized, whether you realize or not, it's like, oh, I was actually honoring God with the way I responded in that situation. We do function in the fruit as well. We can function in the spiritual fruit. So the question is, if you're feeling out of order, ask yourself, what part am I feeding the most? Not because I have to read my Bible or do this. But no. Because you want to feed the thing that means the most, that is going to bring a l- proper alignment to our lives. That is what we got to do. We got to intentionally feed our spirits. And that, it doesn't look like this, okay? So for example, you leave after church today, and you're like, we're hitting up the all-you-can-eat buffet. And I, I'm unbuttoning my pants. I am going to eat as much as I can possibly fit until I am literally done. And then you waddle through the rest of your week, not eating anything and just riding that meal out until next Sunday afternoon where you fill up and gorge again. No, we don't do that. And it shouldn't be the same way with our faith. Don't come to church for an all-you-can-eat buffet and just be like, Pastor, what do I need? Worship team, what do I need? I got to fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up, and then I'm not going to even do anything else all week. I'll just ride the fumes of a spiritual high. No way. That is not how we are designed. You are designed to have consistent but intentional feedings in your life. Man, it's picking up, it's grabbing the YouVersion app, the, the, the Bible app, and doing like a daily devotional or something, just something that sparks something. It's, it's saying that quick prayer before you walk into the staff meeting. It's listening to a worship song. It's uh, sending that encouraging text. It's just being intentional. I'm going to feed a little bit by little bit. I'm feeding, I'm feeding, I'm feeding so it can grow and be where it needs to be. That is how we need to function. So, out of all that, oh, I got to read my Bible, do that. You could ask, you could say, it's like, so does that mean that I have to obey God's commands and live the way he wants? No, but you get to. You get it. What a privilege. What an honor it is that God allows us the opportunity to come to him and be realigned back into proper spiritual order. This is not about being good enough to win God's favor. This is not about uh, trying to be blessed or to avoid punishment. I'm going to read my Bible to avoid going to hell or something. No, no, no. That's 
tree of life thinking, or sorry, it's tree of knowledge of good and evil thinking. Tree of life thinking is I want the daily discipline so I can grow in my connection with Jesus because I know it's the most important part of me. And when I don't, it gets quieter and I forget. Oh man, you're right. I haven't prayed about that. Oh man, you're right. I haven't done any of this. Man, I haven't come to church for like two months. Why is it? I don't even have a good reason. Whatever. But when you realign little by little, you are just, you get, you get bigger perspective on who you are and what you're called to. And so today, I'm not asking you to decide to be in spiritual order. I'm inviting you to pursue Jesus and allow him to do what he's gonna do. The more you feed it, the more you pursue Jesus, the more this is in control, which will filter down and will help us be who we need to be. Because this is not just about you. It's not, and it is not about putting on a flashy, oh yeah, I'm in order. Look at me, super Christian. No way. It's about what you get to take with you tomorrow to work, to school, and you get to just function in spiritual order. To be a light in the darkness at your workplace. When everyone else is ragging on the boss and you, because you were in a good place, you're like, well, actually, I have a good perspective on this. Even if it's true, <laughs> all the things about the boss, whatever. I'm not saying your circumstances are going to change this week. I'm saying your approach will change on how you live your life this week. And it's not just for us. It is for something bigger. But it can only happen through Jesus. John 15, 5 says, Jesus said this, I am the sprouting vine. You are my branches. And as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. And it is possible, guys, it is possible to live in spiritual order. I'm not saying you're not going to slip and these might not get back out of line. But the beautiful thing is we're in a community of believers that can help us. And as we get closer, we can be constantly reminded, oh, wait, yeah, maybe I am out of spiritual order or whatever. And we can continually just get back in line through the power of God to function the way we were meant to function so we are no longer out of order. We're in a world that might be out of order, but it's not going to stay that way if you function in spiritual order. You're going to bring real life change to your workplace, to your family life, whatever the dynamic is. You will bring real change where change needs to happen. Can we stand up today? As we wrap up, man, when we live in spiritual order, we're making, we're bringing back that shalom, the way things are meant to be. And it's possible. Hear me today. I'm not saying walk out of here and be perfect. I'm saying walk out of here, pursue Jesus, and watch what happens in the way you treat others in your life and the way you view situations as you fall into proper alignment. I promise you. I promise you it'll make, it'll make a difference. And if you're living in proper order, because I'm not saying everyone here is out of order. Like, get your crap together and get, walk out those doors. It's like, I, I, I celebrate the people in our lives that we look up to, right? The ones that we look up to as, as spiritual leaders or spiritual, just people in our lives that's like, man, you are such a great example. It's not because they're perfect. They're just disciplined in the art of spiritual order, whether they would word it that way or not. They feed their spirit and it's impacting and we can do the same. I want to wrap up with this because, you know, at the beginning I, I read how Paul was just like, man, I'm all over the place. I don't know how to get in order. Listen to how he ends that chapter. He says, so who is the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. That's the tree of life he's referenced. He's talking about, hey, there's a tree of life we can jump on. So if left to myself, 
The flesh is aligned with the law of sin. My body, I know where it's going to end up. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. I'm bringing these back in line. A body that is surrendered, a soul that is being restored, and coming under a spirit that is redeemed. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you get to function in that, and that is your choice the rest of your life. You get the privilege of walking in spiritual order. And I want to invite you into that today. If you're, if you're here today and you're like, J.D., I, have ne- I, clearly, I don't think I've ever been in order. The beautiful thing, God says, hey, justified, right? Just as if I never sinned, you say yes to me, all this other stuff wipes away of the, the past, whatever, and I make you brand new, and, and, and now let's go on a journey together, functioning in that. I want to invite you to pray with me and say yes to Jesus because it can start in a moment. Would you just close your eyes and pray this with, with all of us here and just say, Jesus, thank you for the price you paid. And what you accomplished on the cross. You made all things new. And I want to follow you. I hand my life over to you. So I can step into your bigger story. Thank you for justifying me. For giving me a brand brand new start. So that I can pursue your life. In the order I was meant to live. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? It is a prayer. It is a powerful prayer. And God is something so good. I'm just declaring over your life this week. I just, Jesus, I declare for all of us. God, I just declare that we would walk in that this week. We would walk in your power, your strength. We would walk in spiritual order. Help us be hyper aware to when we're out of order and not feel condemned, but to feel convicted to get back in line so that we can be who you need us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.